Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. Welcome to Laugh, episode 158.5. We're bringing you a little review of a movie called Tickled on today's show. I'm your host, Ryan Bull. Joining me across the table, as always, is Richard Lusk. How are you? I'm, I'm tickled. <laughs> tickled to be here. Tickled about this documentary? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about a week ago, I texted you and said, I got a screener for us. <laughs> tickled. And you were kind of like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, this was a movie I just was reading some reviews about Sundance and, you know, stuff that was out there and saw a review of this film and they said, you know, it's fantastic. This is a documentary. You have no idea where it's going. It's about uh, this journalist, David Ferrier, who stumbles across some weird competition titling video and he's investigative reporter. He likes to interview people, you know, who make interesting videos online. He tried to contact these people was rebuffed, uh, very harshly and decided to uh, go after, you know, to keep going down this rabbit hole and this rabbit hole goes pretty deep. And that's what this review said. I went, found the trailer, started watching the trailer, turned it off halfway through because it was so weird. Interesting. I didn't want anything to be given away. I read one more review and I thought, okay, let me try and trap this down. Uh, Sent a tweet to the other director of this film, Dylan Reeve. And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, you know, if you could review this on your show and he sent me a screener. So we were able to watch this movie. What'd you think of it? Well, I saw the trailer. Uh, I don't know, maybe a week and a half before you emailed me or I I think you sent me a text message. So you were like, got a movie for you tickled. And that's my response was, uh, okay. (laughs) Like, I think that you thought that I hadn't heard of it. So you were, you thought I hadn't heard of this. I, I mean, well, like you, I turned the trailer off because, I hate being spoiled, especially when it's a documentary. So, it, yeah, if you watch the trailer, you get a pretty good handle on where the movie is headed. But we could use a word that's a title of a famous documentary, and that would count as a spoiler. So it's really difficult for us to review this movie without getting into some of the bizarre twists and turns of the movie. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes the movie interesting. That's what makes the movie uh you know, an exceptional documentary. It's rated at 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. One of the negative reviews is by a friend of the guy that they were, uh, uh, I guess, uh, trying to expose or. Yeah. There is a person behind these videos and this individual is not happy with the documentary. Uh, yeah, that's a mild way of putting it. Now, I guess, are you, are you scared that we might get sued? (laughs) If we, Uh, if we use the names of some of these people, <laughs> they're, they're, uh, maybe a, a little bit are litigious. at the same time. They're a litigious group that David Ferrier goes after. It would make us legitimate. <laughs> it's actually a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay. Uh, so maybe they didn't include this other guy's review. I just looked it up hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, yeah. Fascinating. The, Not very the antagonist behind this. He's put out a uh, counter website and, he has his own version of interviews with some of the people from this film, and it is a fascinating. Um, I think to be fair, hole, or rabbit hole, we ought to tweet out the trailer mm-hmm. and say, "Don't watch this until after you've watched the movie," <laughs> and then also tweet out uh, the website of the the sort of response 
website of the guy that uh, is the target, one of the targets of this investigative report, just to be fair and say, watch this after you've watched the movie. I think that's that's. I know it feels like we're talking around the subject, and if people haven't seen the trailer, haven't watched this movie, they're probably trying to get an idea of what this is like. Uh, probably the best documentary to compare this to might be Going Clear. Okay. Just with the Scientology. Yeah, you're you're like holy crud, and you know, and as you start peeling away the layers of this onion, there it's ever more complex. Right, it gets and smellier and smellier. Th- there are all these websites you can go to where it's Scientology's rebuttal to Going Clear. <laughs> right, it, right, and you right. read all this crazy stuff, or you know, maybe it's the factual stuff. I, I, I don't know. Well, there honestly are two sides to every story. Yeah, and it's hard to find an a truly objective documentary. Everybody has a point of view. Everybody has a certain uh, angle mm-hmm. and they're trying to do something. I want to get into that in a minute based about motivations. But one of the things I wanted to ask you about was the cinematography because I was really impressed with it. Uh, and you, you're more into technical stuff, so you might know the camera that they use. Probably not. Is it a red eye or red star or what is it called? They were definitely uh, probably a red epic. Okay, red epic. Uh, the intercalary stuff that goes in between the main chapters, and it, again, it's sort of like this Don Quixote mm-hmm. uh, journalism, you know, step by step by step. But um, these guys are from New Zealand. David Ferrier and Dylan Reeve are native New Zealanders, I think. Mm-hmm. Dylan Reeve, maybe not, but. Uh, David Ferrier is a well-known journalist there. And they, at some point in the movie, they come to America. And there's one there's one shot where uh, it's a slow tracking shot of, I think, a street in Los Angeles. And it has various characters from, uh, like, street performers that are dressed up in masks, uh, like Spider-Man and Chewbacca and stuff like that. And I was just so impressed with that in terms of a metaphorical sense because it's about the masks that we wear as people. But also it was very, you know, it, it told a tiny story inside of that one shot. And there were a couple of shots like that. I'm not talking about the hidden camera yeah. stuff that you find in documentaries, well, but the intercalary stuff that was planned and shot. and it was, it was very well edited and put together. And that's got to be hard as you're filming this going along not really knowing where this story is going to take you, Mm -hmm. you don't know how much B-roll to take. Uh, David Ferrier has given some interviews where he said he always saw this as being like a half an hour documentary, you know, something short that would be released on like Vimeo or something. He never saw this as uh, full length. This is uh, about a hundred minutes. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, being released in theaters. So 32 minutes. There's a hundred thirty-two. Yeah. Wow. So more than two hours, according to IMDb. Wow, it, it flew by then. It did. Oh no, one hour thirty two minutes. Sorry, I misread. One hour thirty two minutes. That's ninety two minutes okay, 92 for people minutes. that can okay. add. <laughs> Sorry, that's my fault. <laughs> I didn't see the H in between the one and the thirty two hundred thirty two minutes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, an hour and thirty two minutes. So I mean, that changes your approach to how you're going to tell this story. You know, you know, is this supposed to be just a new segment of four or five minutes? Is this supposed to be on a half an hour television show where you have to build in commercial breaks? You know, how you plan out how to tell this story is difficult. And the cinematographer, I don't think, knew what it was. So he just had to get along for the ride. He had to get a little bit of everything so that you could cut this in many different forms. But there's something else about it, though, in terms of, and you sort of alluded to it a second ago with what you were talking about, but it's also 
it goes along with things that we talk about as teachers because we're sort of performers and of a, of a kind. And when we tell stories about our lives, we tend to edit them and frame them in such a way so that they actually maybe embellish here and there. The actual events of the story are sort of uh, almost a sidebar to the telling of the story. And so in that sense, this movie edits itself or they, they, they do manufacture certain things in order to be compelling and also to be entertaining. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty funny movie. Aside from the fact that, I mean, they're researching uh, competitive endurance tickling. <laughs> Hence the title, Tickled. Uh, and But w- as they go down this rat hole, they do it in such a way and they edit it together and put it together in such a way so that they hold back certain information that's revealed later and it comes off in an amusing way. I mean, amusing, entertaining way. I'm not really sure. Well, this okay. is a new style of journalism. I feel that's popped up in the last 10, 15 years. Combat uh, journalism. Yeah. But the journalist is our protagonist in the story. Uh, this feels very similar to vice journalism pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a show on HBO. I think mm-hmm. they have, have their own internet channel too. Well, you know, Michael Moore, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, to me, it almost goes a step beyond Michael Moore, and it doesn't have the silly inner cuts that Michael Moore likes to do. Yeah, that's pretty straightforward. You know, this is almost supposed to be like a video diary, but, right. you know, a little bit better put together. And like you said, these guys are aware of some of their scenes, you know, and that this is going to be a big moment. Right. Uh, there's a scene very early on when um, some people from the company that put out this video come to visit them in New Zealand, and they meet them at the airport. Right, and they weren't prepared for that. Yeah, and, and that's uh, definitely, when they were filming all this, they knew this was going to be an important moment in the film. Did they know what was going to happen in that moment? No, but they knew that that was one of the beats that they needed to capture. I think given the fact that they had an adversarial relationship prior to that arrival in New Zealand, you could make the argument that he wanted to be controversial. He wanted to confront them in, in a in a way to bring something out on camera. I mean, he, he hit the camera from them. That, that kind Later of technique. On. No, when they arrive at the uh, airport, I mean, they make a big deal out of, about that, that. Yeah. They keep it kind of low. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, well, not only that, but the, the targets, the people that come to visit them are upset when they find out that he's filming it. And then they call him out on it. And he's like, well, it's a public place. It's a public location. I can do what I want and film wherever I want. Which, yeah, that's true, but it's a little sketchy. It's a little sketchy in terms of uh, what the motivation was for these guys to come to America. Okay, can we get into that scene? Because, I mean, that is in the first ten minutes, so I don't think we're spoiling too much. That scene sets up a lot um, of character development because I was still kind of rooting for the journalist. I I realized what he was doing was a little scuzzy, but he was well within his rights, and when one of the other lawyers... For, you know, from the company says, you don't have my permission. And I thought, who are you? You don't get to decide all okay. of this stuff. You, you don't get to decide when these guys can film and whatnot. You, you guys are a little too big for your britches here. Well, the whole, th- it, I, I think they're called Jane O'Brien media. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's what sets off farriers. He contacts them and they insult him initially. They don't want to be associated with him due to certain um, characteristics. Mm-hmm. They, they, they think that 
Well, I mean, do I have to dance around this? Uh, David Ferrier is a homosexual or a bisexual, I think. Bisexual. And <laughs> they say Jane O'Brien Media doesn't want to be associated. Their endurance competition tickling uh, involves fully clothed men of athletic statures tickling each other. And they don't want to, they don't want that to be considered gay. <laughs> Even though so they, he's made no comment about that. Up just, until that point. Just, this is a weird video. I'd like to talk to you. I mean, to me, he seems kind of like a Daniel Tosh well, figure in New Zealand. This is what I'm talking about in terms of editing, because we don't, we don't really see what his emails were to Jane O'Brien. Oh, I thought we do. See, I don't think it we was see just all very of much, them. I, but the initial ones just very. Yeah, it's, it's more of a, a fishing sort of introduction, kind of like what we did to get the screen <laughs> right. And they, and they attack him, and they attack Ferrier, and Ferrier's like, "Well, I'm not going to be attacked for this. This is ridiculous. You have teenage, you know, young men tickling each other on camera uh, for some." You know, it's strange and weird. But and if they just said, we don't want to comment on this story, it doesn't become a story then. Or if they ignored the email, it doesn't become they a atta- story. That's right. They they attack him or Ferry it, puts it out there that they attacked him. And, and then he's like, all right, I'm going to find out how far this goes. Yeah. You want to be super bossy and really controlling and threatening and trying to abuse power. I'm going right. to push back, which is what, you know, the press is supposed to do. It's supposed to be one of those great equalizing forces. Okay, on SlashFilm.com, Ferrier gave an interview, and uh, he's he stands by the film, he says. But he goes on to say that uh, it seems like this film, the more people see it, the more chance that people are going to think twice before they do a tickling competition. <laughs> or get into anything on the internet that uh, they aren't absolutely confident about. And also, hopefully, that this is stopped. If it's out in front of enough people, then our th- it's our thought that surely an authority will step in and something will be done to stop this. Now, what is the this that he's talking about? And I don't know. To me, it seems like he wants to stop the tickling competition. And I sort of have a problem with that, personally. I, I don't think he's against the tickling because we do. Well, that's what he says here. I, I think he's against the guy who's funding or the, the entity that is funding these tickling videos. And how these titling videos are used against people. It's a little bit vague in the in yeah. this interview. Yeah, I mean, I've heard him give other ones. And we do see another titling website that is very clear that it's there for a certain level of satisfaction. Right. But I don't think they play those scenes for laughs. It's just very much, here's the world. And here's what some people like about titling videos. Right. It's like... Uh I mean, real sex in the nineties on yeah. HBO, and, and but, it, but I, I it is a, a sexual thing. I yeah. mean, it is that that movie. Uh, in fact, one of the producers of Jane O'Brien Media, who does the endurance tickling videos that uh, Ferrier seems to be railing against, says you use that video and juxtapose it with ours, and ours is something that's very different. His you claim know, is the same. Well, his claim is uh, the is that uh, Jane O'Brien Media has fully clothed um, competitors. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same thing as this erotica that the other guy is putting out. But by juxtaposing them together, Ferrier is given a different point of view. Yeah, I don't know. I, we're, we're pushing the boundaries of how far I want to go into spoiling. But All right. I'm, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to spoil yeah, anything. Yeah. But it, it, no, I mean, that is an interesting 
point. And like you said, there are two sides to every story. But well, because my question is this: What is the main objective of the film? Is it is it to stop this, these tickling videos from occurring? And if that's the sense, if that is the point, then I have a bit of a problem with that because if I mean they're adults and they're making decisions and it's not illegal to have a video of someone tickling someone else. If it's to stop them from doing certain things with the footage, mm-hmm. which you find out in the movie or in the you know in the documentary, going outside the bounds of the contracts that were signed right, by adults, then sure. I'm okay with that. Then that is good investigative journalism. But if it's if it's to uh, I mean, he might be working at cross purposes here because the more attention that this movie gets, that Tickled gets, the better off it is for Jane O'Brien Media. No, no. Uh, I don't know, man. No, because apparently these videos are all free to see on YouTube and other media streaming services. There's no paywall. There are no ads you have to see. They're not making a dime off of this. And that's one of the things that set off David Ferrier was like, this that's just weird. You're spending all this money. Why? What what is the purpose behind this? Why won't anyone give us a straight answer on that? Oh, I thought he was attacking the fact that they were that they were that they were so negative towards him as a bisexual journalist and that they attacked him. I thought that's what set him off. That too. I mean, but the, I mean but you don't think Jane O'Brien somehow gets money out of this? No. Really? Yeah, I thought they. I thought that's made clear later on in the film. Well, which maybe. is just what know. makes this... the mystery greater. I know that they got a couple extra visits on their website from me. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just because I wanted to see what the heck this was all about. Well, and then did you hear at a screening, <laughs> the the people from Jane O'Brien Media sent two private eyes, and they tried to film the movie. By putting a camera inside of a coffee cup, much <laughs> yeah. like David Ferrier did in the film, and they got caught. <sighs> and and apparently, some of the people from Jane O'Brien Media have shown up to Q and A sessions. Yeah, I know we got to to, to that, yell. That, that does get into spoilers. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to say the people's name, but people have been confronted about this. So you can watch this movie, and you're not done with this story. There's still hours more of enjoyment oh, to yeah. see. Oh yeah, that's a rather hole a that whole you can sequel. climb into on your own. Yeah, there's a sequel that you get to read and you can watch interviews. And I think one of the Q and A sessions is up on YouTube for you to watch. <laughs> yeah. And it's also in all the reviews. There, are, not all of them, but yeah. a lot of reviews even so, link to those, those videos. And it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. Which is why I, I love being able to tell people about this. The producer of Jane O'Brien Media. I think he does have some legitimate concerns in terms of what he was expecting from Farrier and then what he got. The question for me is, well, actually I have two questions that I don't think get answered by the movie. I don't know if we ever find out who it is that's insulted uh, Farrier to begin with and why they had such an adversarial confrontational relationship at the beginning of the movie. I'm not really satisfied with that. I wanted to find out who it was that was Sent going back. Yeah, because those emails that go back and forth are it's it's an intriguing part of the trailer and it's an intriguing part mm-hmm. of the movie. And I kept waiting to find out who that person was. I think we're given the best answer possible. Okay. All right. With that, um, to go back to that producer coming and he's upset with what David Ferrier does with him. I don't think he had any rights to make demands of Farrier. 
it, it it was Farrier's story to choose to tell however he wanted to because he's the journalist. Which is fine, but if you if if you have an agreement with someone, I think that you can there there are certain there are other ways to handle it. I, I don't know if he has a legal yeah. concern. I mean the legality of it is very different than I think maybe the objective morality. Yeah, we have it. no idea what New Zealand laws are either. Well, I, well the, he states it in the film, in the movie that I can film whatever I want, whenever I want. I, I'm not sure in I agree with this. Ta- yeah, in a public like space, but like recording someone without their knowledge. I think it's okay in New Zealand. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, that's why he's know. okay. Although he has been, David Ferrier has been served with papers. In fact, I, I read an article that said uh, someone came up to him and said, hey, are you David Ferrier? And he's like, yeah, he thought he was a fan. <laughs> and the woman served him with papers. You've been served. He's like, oh, great. So they, they are suing him here. Or, you know, some people are suing him here in uh, the United yeah. States. So I don't know how much, you know. Do, do you think this whole thing is genuine? See, I'm not sure. It, it, I want to believe that it's genuine just because it's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. But there are some there are some places where I, I'm wondering if we're being – if if we as the audience are being manipulated, I mean, there are some things that happen. Where I'm like, eh, that's a little okay. sketchy. I, don't know. I mean, there are documentaries. I mean, even when I watch 60 Minutes or something, I go, how much of this was staged, and how much you right. know were you led by a producer into what you should say and do? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, this is a problem in all documentaries, especially when the journalist is in front of the camera so much. Yeah, if he's a part of the, if he's a part of it, then it's hard to keep your objective distance. Especially, I think mean, he has an agenda. Mm-hmm. He wants, he's seeking revenge for what he sees as inappropriate actions. But I'm not really sure his objective is clearly stated. Like, if he, does he want to dismantle Jane O'Brien Media? I mean, is that his whole plan? I, 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 I don't, don't know, know Farrier's motives as well as Dylan Reeve. Dylan Reeve definitely says. Let's go get these people. He doesn't like the way they were treated and pushed around. But does he does he deny their right to exist as an entity? Maybe not their practices, because there's some other things that that are brought up in the movie that uh, are reprehensible as mm-hmm. well that have to do with other people. Yeah. Um, other than Ferrier and Reeve, that they probably that they could be wanting to stop, and I, I can see that in a sense being somewhat heroic. Especially um, if it, how it impacts other people, you know. If you want to stop someone from things that are, other people mm-hmm. are doing to you, then that's a good thing. I don't know if it's a good thing to stop adults from doing what adults want to do when they do it. I mean, I, if it's not interfering with other people. I agree, but I think there's some abuse of power. There's the use well, you of say the power, internet. Like it's uh, money. If you have money, that gives you a certain amount of power to do as you will. Uh, and I mean, but sending a few insulting emails—that's well. There's also the threat of litigation and being willing to draw it out for years on end, right? And drain you of all your financial resources. But he now, Ferrier invites the the litigation, and Reeve invites the litigation in a sense. I mean, because they want to go the after way they him. Can so. tell their story. I think that's one of the things that upsets them and, that they're I mean, getting. That they are getting sued? Well, the idea is you're not getting sued because you did something wrong. You're getting sued because it's a way to deter you from your actions. We're going to sue you, force you to pay for a lawyer, go to court for years and years and years. I was listening to, um, not the Blackfin guy, but there's apparently SeaWorld Canada 
Like, they, they've got their own version. Okay. And this is a trainer, and he released a video, and he's being sued by this Canadian SeaWorld. And the litigation's been going on for like three or four years. And he says, we still haven't gotten to start anything in court because everything keeps going through motions and appeals. All right. And, and it's a huge financial drain on me. And, you know, I was listening to him, and part of his thing was, you know, I need people to come and donate money to this cause. Because I'm running out of money. I, I, I'm, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, the the legal system is imperfect. I'm trying to, yeah, but I'm, I, I'm trying to, I'm struggling with how to address my concern, like without uh, without somewhat spoiling something because. Okay, we'll switch it then to a different topic. I'm I love the Washington Redskins, and right. I love that they're called the Redskins. I don't think it's a bad term. All that stuff. I don't like that they have dragged out this court proceedings for something like 30 years. I think that that's a bit ridiculous. And partly that was the strategy of the team was we'll just drain the other side's uh, funds. Right. And it really hasn't worked out that great for them in court so far. I think what you're describing is not exactly what happens, though. I thought there's the threat of that. Yeah, but there's the threat thread of it but it's not i mean if i if i say i'm gonna if i if i tell you i'm gonna hit you it's not the same thing as hitting you no and i i think that that's the now that's the only analogy i want to say without i, I don't want to say anything more because i think that might okay. spoil sure. some someone's experience with the movie but uh w- would you recommend this to people to go oh see? yeah definitely yeah I, I i thoroughly enjoyed it plus i wanted well that's the other problem. I want to know the rules of endurance tickling. <laughs> Endur- I went, what's the competition? Oh, so you saw this video and went, I have found a new sport. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I don't ever want to watch the sport. You, uh, I just want to know the rules. Do I don't know. <laughs> you're, t- you're too titlish? I'm, I'm too fat and old. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't be involved in this sort of thing anyway. And I'm not, I don't even want to view it. I just want to know the rules. Like, oh, you did try and find these titling videos? No, I didn't try to find the videos. I did, I did. go to Jane O'Brien video. They're easy to find. <laughs> you type in tickling video. That or some of the people they interview who were involved in these videos, you type in their names, they come right up on YouTube. See, I have no interest in that. I just want to know the rules. I was doing research for the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were. <laughs> there are a bunch of weird competitions out there, though. You know, I mean, there's like uh, ferret legging. You, know, you want to know the rules to ferret legging? I don't know if you do or not. Sure, if you have them in front of you, I'd love to hear. No, the finer points. Oh, of I could legging. tell you. The, I could tell you the finer points of in ferret legging. It's it's a sport that's continued for many years across the world. They basically they tie off their legs and they stick ferrets down their pants and see how long they can last. Huh? Yeah, the record is uh, five hours and thirty minutes. With Set in 1981. With a ferret down your pants. Two par- two ferrets. Uh, one each leg. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Might sound ridiculous. Uh, you learn something new every day. That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> There's also a sport called, i got to be careful the way I say this, Buskashi. It's rugby on horseback with a dead goat somehow. Yeah, that's in Rambo 3. Oh, well, there you go. Chess boxing. Yeah, seen that. Have you seen extreme ironing? Yeah. Okay. You, you got iron like on top of a mountain. So you know all the rules to all these sports now, but you don't know the the, the rules and the you know who the all stars are of competitive <laughs> endurance tickling. 
Well, coming to ESPN 7 soon. I think uh, Ferry noticed they were all wearing Adidas outfits. So he wondered if there was like a... Sponsorship? Yeah, a corporate sponsorship or something. So. Uh, well. Uh, all right, so that's... That's tickled. tickled. <laughs> uh, once again, we want to thank uh, Dylan Reeve, uh, one of the directors of this film, along with David Ferrier, for uh, making a screener available for us to review. Uh, we both really enjoyed the film. Strongly recommend our listeners go and watch this when it you know comes to a theater near them or via streaming. Might be on HBO yep, here in the coming months. If we do hear it's you know coming out streaming or on HBO, we will let our listeners know. So uh, thank you for joining me, L Train. Thank you. There be dragons. Hawks head bone, remember body. Are you going to the movies this weekend? Let Laugh know what you saw. Send in your review by emailing the show at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com, tweeting at the Laugh Podcast, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash the Laugh Podcast. The best comments will get read on a future show.